What's going on team? Welcome back to Stock Market Movers. I'm sure you guys are seeing the action that's going on right now. Probably listening in to Jerome Powell speaking as we are literally speaking right now. It looks like we did get a ramp back up. We have some of those comments to talk about right now on Stock Market Movers. And I do have a real estate guest today. Michael Lashinsky, uh, president of Lashinsky Finance, with us today. I'm going to talk a little bit about the real estate uh, sector, of course, and we'll also take a look. Goldman Sachs raising its three-month S&P 500 target. We'll talk about uh, comments this morning that Kashkari talked about. Triple BY, squeeze, now coming back down. We'll take a look at some other stocks that are making moves on the day. You guys smash the thumbs up. Let's get to it. Stock market move. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism and I want to breathe more than any man alive. All right, let's get into the action. There's a lot to talk about. I'm still pulling comments as we speak, and that's the hard part right now of doing it while he's speaking. But let's just take a look at the market action. You guys can see the reaction back up there from the 408.58s. And this was acting as supports very early on in the day. You can see we got a spike down there early to 408.56. Probably stopped out some traders there. And then right back up towards the upside here, as some traders were expecting uh, Powell to can, you know, get down on the market, right? Uh, get hawkish. Well, not what we're hearing right now from the comments that are coming out. And I will say one thing. Whoever it is that they got to be the speaker um, and ask the question, oh, man, this guy's killing it right now. He's, he's doing better than the journalists that do it at the conference. I don't know if you guys see it right now, but he is just grilling Jerome Powell right now. So shout out to whoever gave him the position to ask the questions, because definitely I don't know who it is, but the questions that he's asking and he even asked them about his salary. He ain't holding back right now. I hope you guys are catching that. All right, we'll see what else is going on out there. He's definitely grilling and grilling Jerome Powell. And if anything, it's showing the bullish move, right? Let's get into some of those comments that were given by Jerome Powell just seconds ago. I pulled these from CNBC. I don't think we have an article up just yet. We're still doing this as we speak, but I'll give you guys what I got. Uh, he stated that the disinflationary process, the process of getting inflation down has begun. It's begun in the goods sector, which is about a quarter of our economy. The central bank chief said uh, during the event, it, but it has a long way to go. And these are very early stages. He said that we expect 23 to be the year of significant declines in inflation. It's actually our job to make sure that that is the case. My guess is it will take certainly not just this year, but next year to get down close to 2%. So there you go. That's the first time I think I've seen him clearly state that he doesn't see 2% coming by the end of this year. He doesn't see it till the 
next year. So there you guys have it. I don't know if this is just straight bullish outlook or if this is bearish outlook. In my eyes, I'm just going to go with the price action. Price action says bullish. Forget out there what's going on. We talked about if 400 holds, the bulls still have control. And it seems they still have control here in the 413s, 415s. Next level, will we get to the 420? Once we get to that level, we will be out, in my case, of the bear market as we get, what, 20% off from the lows to where we are now, right? At that 20% spot, we start getting back towards the bull market. We'll see if we get it back up there. Will we get a move towards the 420s? Something to keep in mind, right? And, I mean, we had some comments this morning. Kashkari was pretty much saying that we'd have to continue raising rates. Uh, he also stated that uh, the explosive job growth in January is evidence that the central bank has more work to do in taming inflation. He said that we need to raise rates aggressively and put a ceiling on inflation, then let monetary policy work its way through the economy. Kashkari indicated the Fed funds rates needs to rise to 5.4%. We'll see what happens on that. Of course, Jerome coming in here today, definitely shaking things up, giving us a little bit of a spike. The algos jumped all over the word of disinflationary process. I'm sure the algos were probably coded for that one right there. So disinflationary, definitely getting the lift. Everyone was going to look to see if it was mentioned. There you have it, Bulls. It did get the mention. Got the spike. We'll see if we can continue rising on there. There's still a lot of stocks that are making moves right now. We can take a look at what's going on. I did see like Microsoft was ripping earlier in the day, had that AI type of mention. We were looking at it when it was off the VWAP. It's now up there towards 267. Got a rip there towards 268. That looks like it could keep going. And Tesla, Tesla, I got a lot to talk about on Tesla. We'll get towards that action. Could have got uh, stopped out on that move. So we'll talk a little bit about that coming up in a little bit. I know that I have my guests in the back. So what I'm going to do is go really quickly into a real estate uh, interview here, team. I know that you guys are traders looking at the action right now, seeing the market move around. So I'll try to be quick through the interview here. I know that uh, there's a lot of action happening, especially with the spike that we just got. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Will Jerome Powell kind of change his tune during the interview? I need to check in if it's still going on. Let me see. Yeah, we still got some action going on. We could still get some more turnaround in the SPY. Right now, we get in the move. We'll see what happens. I'm going to go ahead and pull down the market action. We'll get into some real estate action here with Michael Lisinski, president of Lisinski Finance. Let's get into it right now. All right, Michael, we're in a fast market, but excited to bring you on here. Let's talk a little bit about what's been going on just overall in real estate. What have you been seeing? Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we specialize in government incentivized deals. Um, there's a big demand for um, more residential units across the, mm -hmm. the country. I live in New England outside of Boston. And there's a big push for affordable housing. Um, so a lot of our deals, um, let's say a 200 residential, 
five story, six story building, ground floor, uh, retail, commercial. I, I can source tons of government uh, tax credits. And, and in those tax credits, we, we sell for, for cash equity upfront in our capital stack. Mm-hmm. So then our sponsors, developers, instead of having to put in 20, 25% cash equity on a $100 million deal, um, they're probably putting something like 10% cash equity. And then there's a, a lot of money in the sidelines where we're able to raise LP investors, you know, uh, giving them a, a preferred return of a, a waterfall. Um, and that's what we've been kind of focusing on right now is multifamily. Again, I live in New England, so we're focusing on New England, but there's a demand across the country. And um, we're really taking advantage of, of uh, government incentives, primarily uh, tax credits, federal and state. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm in like kind of the Charlotte uh, labor uh, housing market right now. And it's been said by certain kind of uh, companies out there, one of the hottest markets right now, too. And I come from Miami, where it definitely is hot, right? I mean, we can take a look into the actions right now. We just got comments by Jerome Powell that he says that he doesn't expect inflation coming back to 2% until the following year. So uh, the question that I have would be more, what happens if the Fed keeps this higher rate for prolonged period amount of time, how will that be affecting the real estate sector? Yeah, you know, I think it hurts like your single families um, on uh, prices. You know, people that can afford like a three thousand a month mortgage um, could buy more house if their rate is three percent than if the rate is double that or, or yeah. even more. So. Um, and then the same thing, I mean, I, I guess um, on, on the bigger commercial deals, you know, the underwriting has changed a little bit. But since we focus on the government incentives, um, it's been strong for us. Like we can get credit enhancements from the, from the state and, and federal government. So they're pretty much guaranteeing uh, the debt. So then that's buying down my rates. But yeah, on the, you know, the end users, the single families, uh, absolutely. That, that puts pressure on, um, house prices. I know that you kind of look more into your market, but I'm sure you see overall market. How do you see the volumes out there, especially let's say not maybe in the residential side, but maybe commercial space, office space. How do you see that side, Michael? Oh yeah. Well, office. Well, <laughs> it's really taken a hit since COVID, you yeah. know, we're, we're doing some bigger deals. Um, where big companies are, are leaving their office. You know, we're looking at a 1.3 million or, or yeah, 1.3 million square foot building in Houston. It, it was it was a it was a big multinational headquarters. They just let it go. They're just selling it. And it's like 10 years old. It, mm-hmm. And then, you know, same thing in Connecticut. We're we're seeing like a six or seven hundred thousand square feet uh headquarter building that they're just letting go. Like why carry it? Um, you know, if half your staff is remote or, or more of half your staff. So office, yeah, I, I wouldn't be building office unless it's like an ancillary uh, complement to like a residential development. And it's mm-hmm. like something for the tenants or for local use. But the big headquarters, I, I think that's something of the past. Yeah, and definitely, I mean, we, we see it even in if, if Amazon's going to be closing some, well, you definitely know the smaller companies are not going to be able to hang around. 
Um, I did read up on something recently about thoughts about the proposed blueprint for renter bill of rights. Do you understand this space and kind of can explain it to me? Because I still was a little confused. What's going on in this? Oh, I'm not sure about this particular. Is that like a federal? Um... Yeah, it seems like Biden's putting some new rules for kind of renting, kind of controlling what landlords can be doing um, for the renting price. Um, can be maybe limiting. Uh, we all know what happened in the pandemic with kind of stopping the evictions and how that played an effect for especially like kind of more your mom and pop landlords did see that effect there. It's, it's just interesting to see how we're still playing some kind of fiscal policy, trying to help some of those renters. But at the same time, I mean, there are the other side, right? The investor side in this space. What do you think about what's been going on there? Yeah. So now that you explained a little bit about that particular program, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're seeing it on the state's side um, often. I mean, again, there's a lot of push for affordable housing. Um, a lot of people want to see more, uh, we, we call them AMI, average median income. And there's programs for 80 to 120 AMI and 60 to, to 90. And then there's the low income, which is like 30% AMI. And if you provide some of these lower AMIs, there's incentives, but they also can give you density relief. And, and it's to create more affordable housing. As far as renters' rights, I mean, I've been seeing it, you know, slowly over time becoming more and more of like a renters kind of uh, the laws on their side. Like, you, yeah. you know, you got to give like a few months of notice before you can ask someone to leave, even if they're far behind. And, you know, a lot of that state specific, but mm -hmm. no surprise that something's coming down from the from the Fed. Um, it's always been kind of leaning towards the tenants for a while now. Yeah. Now, a last question I have really is just overall, what should real estate investors be looking out for? Maybe opportunity or maybe also on the warning sign. What do you see out there, Michael? Oh, well, multifamily strong. So if anyone is looking to put some money to work in real estate, um, even with the higher interest rates, um, there's just a big housing demand. So, you know, if you're like a, uh, an individual developer or a real estate investor, you know, buying multifamilies or rental properties, and then um, for the people that decide they want to make some bigger investments, you know, going into adaptive reuse with historic tax credits. Um, but definitely uh, multifamily has not, um, slow down. It's just getting a little bit more creative on the debt side. All right. Excellent. Last thing I'd leave off with is how can someone reach out to you, Michael, maybe to learn a little bit more about these opportunities so that maybe they can go ahead and get into that uh, real estate investing. W where should they be reaching out to, Michael? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Again, my name is Michael Lashinsky. And then my company's just LashinskyFinance.com. So you can look it up that way and you'll find our email. But um, my email is just michael at lashinskyfinance.com. Excellent. Perfect. We'll go ahead and get that out there. We'll put up the link in the description so that you guys can check out those opportunities. Thank you for coming on today, Michael. You have a great Thank day. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Take care. All right. There you guys have it. And I got to ask Michael about all those books in the back. It seems like he has a good collection. But all right, let's get back to the markets. We're getting a little bit of a pullback here in the SPY. Looks like we're getting that up and down action. 
I couldn't hear the recent comments by Powell, so I don't know if he said anything negative. But I'm still in the camp that as long as we hold above this 411, you broke out of the hourly range. Just holding that alone is a bullish move, right? You could pull back here towards the VWAP on the hourly basis around 410.87. As long as that's not breaking, I think bulls still have control even on the intraday today. We'll see what happens if we come back towards those 415s. I know there was some swing around in some stocks, so we're going to start going into the action. And, of course, there's headlines today, but with this market action, a lot of times it's going to just turn things around, change things up. So even though those stocks could have some news this morning, they could be turning differently because of the action that's going on right now. But let's get into that action, of course. Uh, let's go to some of these stocks that had some news today. I know Pinterest had news. Let's take a look at that. You guys can see how it opened up. It actually opened up on the downside, even though it climbed the worry right back. Seems like this was mentioned on uh, CNBC yesterday. They did say, though, that in first quarter sales uh, were increasing in low single digits from a year earlier, and analysts have, were expecting uh, more of a 6.9% increase in the growth there. Uh, 614.8 million on Pinterest. So Looks like that did give it the push right back. But as you guys can see, it's starting to fall off the tape here. We'll see if it gets back there towards those lows, 25, 24. And for that being mentioned, did Snap start cracking? Well, yeah, Snap is starting to break back to the downside. And if Pinterest is coming down like that, I could see Snap crack right back down. We'll see what happens there as this one's been making its way back. Now, Boeing. Boeing did have news out there, and uh, they did talk about how they were cutting 2,000 white-collar jobs in finance and HR. Uh, so keep that in mind. I think it's interesting that they included white-collar jobs. Hmm, just kind of stating which ones they're really cutting there, right? Well, Boeing is also outsourcing a third of those jobs to Tata Consulting Services in India. So it looks like they are uh, firing U.S. workers to hire third-party outsourcing workers. Hmm. How do you guys feel about that for Boeing? Is that a good move, bad move? Like always, it's up to you guys out there to give some opinion. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know if that's necessarily the best move in the long term for U.S., but hey, that's what's going to happen a lot of the times, outsourcing, right? If you want to get it cheaper, you still need it. Probably going to outsource to some international ways. And this was reported by the Seattle Times. We'll see what happens there on Boeing. It got up there towards two... 1338. Will this continue higher? We were looking at this one to hold this trend line. I drew this trend line and I drew this on the 28th of December, just kind of watching how this keeps the trend. And that was right here, the 28th of December, just to kind of give it perspective. I drew that when we were here to see if we would bounce off of it. We bounced off of it, got back through that 200. Now we're pulling back towards those levels. Just needs to kind of hold the support here, right? And continue on that trend. We can continue on this upward trend. And I like how Boeing does like to go up and then sideways consolidate a little bit before it gets higher. Not a bad look on this move. Pal done nightmare tonight, though. Hmm. Yeah, tonight, you never know what can happen. We'll see what happens on the State of Union. That's something else to talk about. But I won't be talking too much about that because I don't know what will happen. I'll take a look at Tesla coming up. Promise you. I think it stopped out in Tesla on my second swing on the day, was able to take first profits, but 
we'll get into that action just coming up right now. All right, let's get into one more news report. Then I'll start taking a look into what was hot and what was not. Then we can go into kind of all like the separate news that's out there. There's a lot, so I want to get through, but the focus really is what's moving out there. If you guys got stocks that are moving, throw it up in the chat. I'll do one more focus here just because I think it's important to kind of take a look at Baidu, right? Baidu keeps mentioning this kind of AI mention. Looks like now they're mentioning a patent for AI model with a watermark for data processing accelerator. Well, it looks like it wasn't really loved by the market as it pulled back. Now, one thing to keep in mind, will Baidu continue higher? Keeps mentioning these AI mentions that could keep it going higher. Or will the China names turn around? I'm keeping a close eye on like a PDD. Will this start to crack? Baba. Baba started bouncing yesterday, starting to come back down today. We'll look to see if this crash back through and gets towards 100. That's where I could see it heading to. We'll see what happens with the China stocks. All right, let's just get into what was hot and what was not. And we can take just a look at the sectors out there. What's moving right now? Uh, overall technology uh, kind of getting that nice little push today up 0.73, but the leader is actually energy. If you guys know, I've been short on XOM from about 113.38. Today, I got stopped out break even on that trade. I did take first profits, so not too mad about that trade. Overall, first profits for me is not a bad thing because once I take those first profits, I always break even out maybe a couple pennies on on the loss there but it's not really a loss it's pretty much break even took the reward and got out of there that's what's important for me i never lose on a swing trade once i've taken some profit i think this is very important to determine if that's how you want to trade of course i'm not telling you how to trade i'm just telling you how i attack it and i'll tell you right now i always look back and say it's way better to take the first profit stop out break even then to let that break even, go back into the risk, and then lose that first profit, that's when I get frustrated. This way, it was a trade that went into the green, and that's what matters more to me. What matters more is to come in, do the repeated process approach. That's what's going to get us to success, right? All right, let's take a look back to the SPY. The SPY now coming back down through the 411.42s, the 410s, Will we hold on to the VWAP? We just started breaking through that action. So really, 408.50s on the downside is where you get concerned that this could have just been a trap. And if this was a trap, I'll tell you right now, this is as big as a trap as it can get. It's a trap. It's a trap. We'll have to find out if it's a trap, man. I, I, I hope not. I mean, I'm sure the bears right now are just like, a few moments later. We'll find out if we do get the crack or not. It's been a tough one with that action. I'm sure the bulls were probably jumping on some longs too. That's why it's so quickly that you can see these pullbacks in this market. The volatility and the shakeup is just crazy, team. We get up moves, pull back. Up move, pull back. Down move, up, up move. That's just how the market is right now. Very volatile. And what it also means to me is that we sometimes just got to run to the profits. I'll talk a little bit about that coming up. We will also give one swing trade on the day. I did take one swing trade. I'm still in. I want to tell you guys about that one. So stick around for that. Now we're towards 409 uh, on the downside. We went to 409.90s. 
Oh man, this one, this one looks tough, man. I'm not gonna lie. Let's get towards that Tesla chart, and I'll tell you guys how I got stopped out and probably got pow powed today. Now we're down to 190s. Oh man. This is going to be a little frustrating day, kind of day. I'll tell you guys exactly how I viewed that Tesla trade, right? I tried to do my best to give you guys the outlook. I even put it out, right? I'll give you guys exactly what I was looking at. Let's go ahead and bring up my Twitter here. All right, guys. So this is why I was looking at Tesla at the period of time where I started going short. I was looking at it and trying to hold off of what? I got in at 194.77 thinking, all right, well, we rejected that area in the 198s. We talked about that yesterday, if we were to get that rejection again also. So we were looking at rewards like 191 down back towards that 190 level, right? This is where I would take that first profit and then look for the swing towards 180s. That closes the gap around here, 181s, closes the gap. Then from there, I could look at 176 being that uh, kind of full reward price target. Well, there, really quickly, I got what? I got propelled, man. Took a small hit on that as it came back up on the first mention there of that disinflationary action. And I had my stop set. So it wasn't like I was going to go crazy. And it saved me, right? It got me out of the trade there at, I'll show you guys right now. I got out there at one, got, I'm just looking for the time here. It's at 195.75 right there on the kisser. And right when it came up through that, got me out. And that's right about here. I mean, it would have saved me a little bit. So I'm not going to be mad about that. It did spike there towards the 197. But look how that move comes right back down through the 190s. That's what we were really looking for. That would have been a nice reward, team. But that's just how quickly it can go. I got stopped out in Tesla. Now I see it as that bearish move, right? Because look at the hourly. Look how we kind of went up there. The rule of three. I talk about this often, team. One up, one down. Two up, two down. Three up, three down. From this point, we shouldn't necessarily break this support, this 190, right? We tried to get back up there, a fourth attempt to break out. A lot of times if you get that fourth attempt to break out, you sometimes they're going to go ahead and test this support. If it holds there, it's okay. But if it breaks that, they'll probably just start letting go. And then we'll look to see how much Tesla retraces, right? That's another thing that I was looking at is that if this retraces, let's say even for some reason, 20% of the move, well, that's back down there towards that 176. 50% move is all the way back down there towards 151. That's a big move there. We'll see what happens on Tesla. It's been a big ramp up. Will it pull back? I always look for pullbacks based on my FIBS outlook. We'll look to see if we get to the 23.6 pullback towards that 176 level. All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on out there? Uh, there's so much talk. I got to catch up. I'm sorry, team. Do the poop. <laughs> All right. Uh, no idea where this market's heading. Me neither, Urban. Me neither, man. Honestly, I don't think anyone ever really knows. They just try to react to the price action, right? And a lot of times they come with the secondary thoughts. That's why I think what's more important is always having multiple hats, right? Are you in your day trading hat, you in your swing trading hat, or your long-term investing hat? And of course, the long-term in investing hat 
is mainly to the bull side, right? We just need to be looking for bear sides to get cheaper valuations so that we can look what you want to invest in down the line, right? That's the long-term outlook. That's why it's very hard to have different hats. There's very different outlook in investing in a company and swing trading in a company, right? Very different outlooks. All right, catching up out there. What's going on? Looks like you guys are just like me, seeing the movement out there and just like, whoo, can't stop moving. What's going to happen? We going up? We going down? What's going to happen? Well, look, we're just now through that 408.50 area as we went down there towards the 407.50s. Not what the bulls wanted to see there. I'm sure a lot of people went on that buying shoes when they saw Jerome speaking. That's why it's going to be difficult right now. It's not just going to be one way up, right? You're going to have a lot of these volatility moves where you come up and down. Who knows? We could end up going right back towards 414. Who really knows? Let's look at the stocks that have been strong on the day. Microsoft, look at that pullback there. It was really strong earlier. Now pulling back here towards that three, uh, 262. If Microsoft goes red, that's where I'm going to be a little bit more concerned for the bulls out there. Uh, opening price on Microsoft, 260.33. See if we break that on the downside or bounce off of that level. I'll keep watch there. All right, let's keep going. Rig, what's up with the rig life? I wish they hit. They had hit my socks S buy. Oh man, that socks S. Woo, look at that, man. 19 was an, an interesting level there. Went to 1902 on the bounce. Didn't come back to 19. Back up there to 2071s. We'll see what's going on there. NVIDIA came down fast too, right? This has been really strong off of the 193 levels, 192 levels. We'll look to see if this pulls back. I can see it going towards around like 207 if it does get the pull back today. It's been battling. It went up there towards a high. Has a high on the day, 221. Let me see that on the intraday. Yeah, 221 on that spike. 221.72. Quick pullback here. We'll look to see if they buy the dip. Will they buy the dip here? They bought the dip earlier. We'll look to see if they kind of get that push and keep it back towards the 414. What did Powell say to make us pull back so hard? Wasn't his speech bullish? That's what I thought. I mean, maybe you guys caught something that I didn't. I mean, I was trying my best to... I, I was on here when when he started when the market actually started going down on his talk. I didn't catch any other comments that were kind of more bearish. I think we just got to keep looking at the price action now. And the end of the day is going to tell us a lot, right? If we just come back down and we come through that 408, start leaking to 405, that should tell us a lot. Up 13K in spy puts. Mm, more money. Mo problems. Take that money, SRTA. You get another SRTA challenger for it. Don't worry. I won't be mad at you. Especially an SRTA. Mm, love those cars. We won't get into that action. All right. He said more rate hikes. Said Nick. Mm, more rate hikes is not something you want to see. But I think that was clear, right? I think that I think that's always been clear. If you think that there's no more rate hikes, well, I think you're wrong right off of that, right? He said we may need to hike rates more than priced in. Well, I think at the end of the day, there is going to be that 5% range, right? Will we go higher than that 5% range? Will it be 5.4? Will it be 5.8? Could it be 6%? 
I don't see really 6%. So it's something to keep in mind. We'll see what happens. I think what they're going to do, then maybe probably get it to that 5% and then just leave it there for at least a couple of meetings. Unless inflation roars its ugly head, then they would come back and raise it even higher. I don't see them cutting this year by any means necessary. It would not make sense for them to cut until they get to that 2%. Once they clearly see 2%, that's when I think they'll cut. I read where he said, we're, we are only in the beginning of the inflation battle, not positive, 100%. That's exactly uh, the comment that I was stating earlier, but it has a long way to go. And these are the very early stages, things like that, right? Same thing was given by Kashkari. It's early stages. He says that they have more work to do. That's what they clearly keep telling us. The market doesn't want to listen. The market doesn't believe the lies that are coming from Powell about rates down the line and how things look negative down the line. No, the market's thinking positive. The market's thinking we got a new bull market. The market's thinking soft landing. Can't see the jobs going down. Can't see the uh, economy breaking. So for right now, I think, you know, you choose which one you're going to go to, right? Right now, fundamentals are saying maybe a little tick back down. The technicals are just saying we're in full-on rip-out mode. Euphoria's hit. We'll see what happens. All right, let's keep going. Markets, Mitch, the markets will go lower in maybe five weeks. That could be true, right? But five weeks can be a long time, right? We could be up past 420. And if we pass 420, what's to make us stop at the 430, right? I mean, we could be back to 430. And if we're back at 430, that's that's 61.8. That's 61.8% back up. We get through that 430, you could easily be back at all-time highs. Well, that's just how quickly this market can be, right? It's very difficult to call. Using the one-hour chart has been chill rides. Man, those one five-minute charts will drive you crazy. Amen to you, my friend. I'm glad that you're seeing the one-hour charts, and I really, really find it hard that traders, traders all the time, they just stick in those shorter time frames. They don't catch those hourly moves. Remember, who's probably using those hourly charts is a lot of more that institutional action, those hedge firm action, the bigger moves. I like limiting my size, going for the bigger move, then going for that big size and a small amount of move that I'm trying to get. The probability for me to get that little bit, I say is much lower than me setting up for that bigger size trade. But like always, you guys determine the way you look at the markets. And I agree with you. Those five-minute charts, they'll drive you insane. The one-hour charts look a lot cleaner. All right, let's keep going. Yes, yes, I see the love for the one-hour charts. That's for sure. All right, market is bipolar. And yes, it does. It is bipolar. I would clearly say that. The market doesn't always do what the market should do, right? It's not about shoulds, woulds, or could'ves. It's just about price action. From there, you got to make assessments. And those assessments sometimes are done daily, right? Let's just be honest. 
Sometimes they're done daily, right? And I think that with that being said, always ask yourself the one important question I say, what's the current environment? If you can ask yourself that question and answer that question, then it's not too bad to take some kind of trades, right? If you don't understand the current environment, that's when it's important to kind of look into the environment, look into the overall market so that you can be on top of it and not get rotation turned against you, right? Something to keep in mind. All right, 15 minutes has been the one for me lately, and that's okay, Brendan. Use the 15s. Like if you guys see here, what do I have? I have, I try my best very to not get into the ones. One minutes, they don't help me. They really don't. I have three, five, 15, 30 hour, four hours, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Quarterly even I go back to. Some people don't look at quarterly charts. I like quarterly charts on very, very slow charts. But monthly charts help out often, right? Look how we're like at that monthly topping level. This makes sense for us to top out around here. But if we get back towards, let's say, 415, 420s, we're out of that monthly range. Things to keep in mind, right? Whether you want to use monthlies, weeklies, dailies, hourly charts, the thing that matters is use deeper time frames, understand maybe multi-time frame continuum. That's what's going to help you. All right, let's get back to the action. If you guys got tickers, throw them up. I know that I'm coming a little bit of a different show today, just focusing on the action. We'll see what happens on these stocks. I talked about if Microsoft goes into the red, pay attention to that. Look what's happening now. We're getting back down there, right? Opening price is 260.11 on Microsoft. Will we get back down to that level? Keep that in mind. If Microsoft goes red, I'm going to be really watching out for these stocks to start breaking down. Apple, look how that pulled back. What is going on out there? thought this was a bullish move. That's just how quickly things can turn around. All right. Uh, mainly worked off the one, the two, and the, ten, and the 10 intraday. Well, find what works best for you, right? Three-day charts are so money. Hmm. Three-day charts. I haven't checked out those, Bean. Might have to take a look. I like the weekly chart when I have chart paralysis and take a 30-foot, 1,000 uh, foot view, step away from my computer. Yeah. Weekly charts. Well, they'll help you with that. One hour daily, weekly for me. Hmm. That shows us a lot, right? You're not even going into the 15s or the fives. I like that, Jay. All right, let's keep going. How do you feel about ENPH and, and CHI? Well, let's go to C, let's go to ENPH, right? Let's take a look at the solar uh, sector as of late or industry, right? It's not a sector. This is an industry. Let's go to solar. And you can see here, I have an equally weighted uh, index for solar. And I, I should, let me take off some of these. I'll, I'll go to a scratch uh, so I can do some new ones. All right. So how do you guys see this, right? Let's let's start it with a, let's, Joel would kill me if I didn't, didn't do it with the monthly approach, right? Well, the monthly approach cleanly, right? Boom. We see that trend line, right? I mean, who can't see that trend line, right? That seems kind of obvious to me, right? And if anything, downside action, I'd probably draw this upside trend line here, right? So it seems like we're in this kind of extended period here. Seems like we did get back above the 350 area, which was a very important spot, right? Now that we're back above that 350 area, I really wouldn't want to see it break back down, let's say closer towards that 300. Let's go to this weekly action. Weekly action, what have we been getting lately? We've been getting drives up, 
pullbacks, drives up, pullbacks, haven't gotten that third drive up right there. Let's go to the daily chart. Daily chart tried to get through here on that fourth attempt, 440. It tried and started rejecting. That showed me that we were topping out a little bit on those solar names. Now let's go to EMPA, see how that chart looks similar to this. Well, you guys can see here, we've been kind of topping out, getting bounces, but can't really get back here towards the levels. If you look at the weekly chart, you can see here, you broke back below the 300, and especially through this closing price here around the 268, 270s. And we started using that as resistance. It needs to get back towards 270s for me to feel a little bit bullish. First Solar is the strongest name in here, right? FSLR. Well, look at the action that you got in, as of late. Daily chart. One, two, three. Tried to get through that 180. Started to turn around. So in my eyes, I feel like Solar has gone way too far. It's super extended and now starting to crack right back down. SEDG could probably show us that as we're getting some topping around the 320s. We'll just get back up through the 320s or start rejecting towards the 300s. ENPH has been kind of weak as of late, um, but I can take a look at some other solar names also. Uh, let's just take a look at the RSI daily, see which ones are into the green, which ones aren't. Maxen has been holding up here for a long time. Now you're starting to see it what? Start pulling back towards the support. It's done one, two, three, four. Tried to break out through that 23, couldn't do it. Started coming back through the support. If it breaks 20, it could be right back down to 17 and 15. So it looks like the solar names are trying to get to the upside, but starting to pull back on support. Got to be careful for the breakdowns. All right, let's keep going. Smash the like. I hope that you guys are enjoying today's show. We got a lot to talk about. Earnings tonight on that EMPH, so stay tuned. We'll find out, right? FSLR broke three weeks of support. Hmm, leader in the sector. Definitely. Look at that stock. Lagged. Whole market soaring two days ago. This rolled over. Good, good eyes out there, G. Gotcha. I like it. There was a big, uh, there was some downgrade on a big one last, last week in the sector. Good catch. That's what we're talking about. Those are the type of things that can give you a little bit of edge, especially if you start seeing the industry break down. All right, let's go back to it. Uh, Microsoft, I wanted to see if we were going to get into that red. We're still pulling back, right? 261.64. Did Apple get into the red? Let's take a look here on the SPY leading capitalization names. They were in the green earlier. Now we're going to take a look to see what happens there, right? Uh, from the open, we'll take a look at that. Uh, what is doing well today? Well, take two's having a decent day. Uh, Lynn is having a decent day. I'm just looking through some of these spy charts that are actually in the green today. Looks like oil definitely showing up here, and it did get a little bit of a pop. We'll see how long that pop lasts. Uh, but the high cap names starting to turn around. Apple gave you that spike right back down here. It could get to that opening price. Microsoft. 261. Google now pulling back also. Amazon was weak all day. This one has been really weak. And I don't know why Amazon's so weak, but it doesn't look good there on that chart. And with Amazon coming down, I'd be a little bit careful on a name like Melly and Shop. Those could start breaking down as they've had good moves as of late. But if Amazon's going to start to crack, I wouldn't expect to see those continue lifting. All right, let's keep going. There's so much out there to talk about. Money Mitts just joined. What are your thoughts on the meeting? Well, the thoughts on the meeting were as simple as this. 
whoever was the speaker was really, really hammering Jerome Powell on some bullish type comments. He was pushing them harder than I've seen many journalists do. And I'll tell you guys that. If you guys didn't see it, go check it out. You guys check it out. He even asked about Jerome Powell's salary. When's the last time you saw that question? But yeah, just pay attention to it. He, he was pushing Jerome. And then Jerome started making some comments. The market reacted bullish. And he was pushing Jerome to make some deflationary comments, right? He got him to say the line. The, the deflationary process, the process of getting inflation down has begun. And it's begun in the good sector. Right there. Algos jumped to the upside. Was it retail trades that were jumping to the upside? Was it institutional trade? It was probably fast trading. That algos jumping on the word, right? It got it up there. It didn't hold the gains. That's something that we need to keep in mind, right? We want to see these gains hold and continue higher. It could have been just a trap there played by the algos. Now you're pulling back to that 408.50 though. If there's an area where the buy the dippers look to come in, It'll probably be by that hourly support, right? Well, look at the chart there, and you can clearly see we're getting closer towards that hourly support. Now, can we hold this kind of 408.50s and then make our way right back up? It could easily just go ahead and do so, right? We'll see if it gets back up there on the hourly level. An important thing is always is not just where the wicks go, right, but where the closes. Closing right back towards that 408.50, if it does go to the 407, though, that's where I think you'll get the let go. We'll look to see if the buy the dippers come back and drive the market right back here. One way I'll say is I'm just looking at a Microsoft to see if it goes red. If this goes red, I feel you'll start seeing really that takedown. We'll see what happens there. Oracle has been really strong. Look at this stock week today. Just something to point out. Not saying that it's going to really break down, but this strong this stock was really strong as of late. Look at this stock since October. It's been on a big move up there to 90, about a, almost a 50 cent, a 50% move. Now starting to pull back. Some of these names breaking down. Triple BY breaking down, right? Even the meme stocks that we're trying to get going. Couldn't keep the move going there. As you're seeing the memes starting to break down. And I'll tell you right now, I don't want to be anywhere near, near these meme stocks, but to each his own, if you guys like it. Look at AMC down now towards 614. Could it keep coming down? And you guys know I've actually been calling GME back down to $3. I'm actually starting to think about swing trading this as a short side. It looks good off the 22s, 25 levels. I think GME finally comes back towards that 2020 pricing of like $3.50. So I know that I'm going to probably get some hate on that comment. But I'll tell you right now, that looks interesting to me. We'll see what happens. GME. I could see it coming back down to 15 and below. We'll see what happens there. All right. Hey, just wanted to know uh, when you find out what industry is going to be affected, is there a site where I could check the stocks would get affected within that industry? Yes, there's, there's definitely a site, right? We have Benzinga Pro for that, right? You can do that on Benzinga Pro. Check out Benzinga Pro. Pro.benzinga.com. You can get a two-week trial and you can definitely scan between industries and sectors. Now, one thing I would definitely say is just try to find what works best for you. I use TC2000 here. And the big reason I use TC2000 is because I can do all this on one page going from energy into different uh, levels of energy, different industries. 
And I think it's very important to learn this. Um, it's all about if you care about rotation, relative strength, if you're kind of more of a momentum trader, this matters to you, right? But for some traders, this might not matter so much, right? Let's just say if you, if you trade Tesla every day or you trade Apple every day, there's people that trade like a handful of stocks and they just focus on those stocks. There's nothing wrong with that either. All right, let's keep going. I'm going to get out of what was hot and what was not. It's 155, team. We got a couple minutes left before the roadmap. Want to hear what you guys are taking a look at. So you know what? You guys run the show here. I'll take a look at some of those stocks. Rivian, Eric Taylor. Let's take a look there. Rivian had been strong. Went up there towards the 21. Now pulling back towards the 1919 level. And I'm just not so confident about Rivian coming back and ripping and roaring. I think at some point Rivian will be a, a good company to have. But is this the year for EVs? I still don't see it, team. I don't see this being the year for EVs. I see the year for being for EVs when we finally cut rates and we start making attractive the EVs. How do we start making it attractive? Lower down that interest rates. Give me more credits, right? And then give me the approach that now you actually have charging stations everywhere i'm looking right because i've heard i've heard it from people that have just gotten evs yeah it sounded great until i started charging my ev multiple times and realized how much time and wasted time i have just charging the vehicle well that's not the same for the gas vehicles right you pull up into the gas station a lot of times i can get in and out full tank in five to ten minutes well, not what's going on with EVs out there, right? All right, we'll see what else is going on. Will we get the continued action that we're getting? Let's smash the like. My man Chris Ketchy coming on next. Always love to have the catch next. You don't want to miss it. My man Chris Ketchy is one of the best out there. I have yet to see somebody catch all the trends that my man Chris Ketchy has, uh, has caught. So if you guys... Want to check out a really cool article that I wanted to kind of cover today. I'm actually saving the conversation for tomorrow, but the article's already out. Want to copy master trader Nancy Pelosi? Oh man, Chris Ketchy got you covered. So check out that article. Just threw it up there. You guys can click that. Actually, Martin, you are 100% wrong on that. He's not good at SPACs. My man's the one that got me into SPACs, Martin. If I would have listened to Chris Ketchy on SPACs, let's just say I, I might not be here right now, team. <laughs> I might be having my own capital company if I would have listened to my man Chris from the very start. But I myself also doubted him on the kind of the information, the investment opportunities. And then I worked into the SPAC game. That's when we had SPACs attack. And just to mention that, there's some SPACs coming back, right? I don't know. Not all these are going to go away. That's one thing I would say. All right. We'll see what else is going on, team. Looks like we got over 200 of you guys. Appreciate you guys jumping in. The action's been tough today. I will say that. Did they buy the dip on the 408.50s? Hmm. Went down to 407.72s. We're just hanging out here, hanging on by a thread. Let's take a look at Tesla. What is Tesla doing? Tesla's down to 191.30s. Will they let it go today? That's one thing I'm starting to question. Look at the daily chart. I've talked about my daily levels that I was looking for turnaround. And you guys can see it right here. 
boom, where'd we get that turnaround around, especially the 200 resistance to the left? Will it just pull right back down, especially towards that 177 level, 176? I can definitely see that in play. Hourly says we had that break. Now I just want to see an hourly close down here towards 190. And I could see it just start letting go. I got stopped out on the push up there. Maybe it was a little too tight on my wrist. And that happens. It's okay. I'll So be it. So be it. I did make money on Tesla today, even though uh, I, I did get out of two trades, right? Was able to make some money on this first cut down, took two profits, then use some of that profit in the trade. We'll see if these can continue to break. Microsoft still hanging in there, still not through the open. If that does get through that opening price, that's my concerning price to start seeing the market break down with it. Buy right now, starting to try to climb back the worries, right? We'll see what happens. 2 p.m. to 3 p.m., will the bulls come in and drive us higher? Will Biden keep us higher tonight? Hmm. A lot of people are expecting Biden to knock down this market in the State of Union, but what really will happen? A lot of people expected Jerome Powell to knock down this market today. It spiked and then came down. I don't know if that was the mentality that they were having. And I think a lot of this is more long. We keep trying to have these set expectations for what's going to happen and the reaction from it. Let's pay attention to the reaction from it more than the expectations, right? That can help us get around this and around this type of price action. We'll see what happens up next. You guys have, of course, the roadmap coming up next. I'll go ahead and make sure that we have that set up for you guys. I just want to go ahead and make sure the redirect set before I get you out of here. Any last questions, you guys throw it up in the chat. I'm going to bring you guys over to the roadmap starting up in just a couple of seconds. If you guys got a ticker you guys want to check out, definitely hit me up at MoneyMitchBZ. I am working on a swing trading show for kind of the last part of the day. It'll probably be from maybe 2.30 or 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. We'll find out. I'm working on it right now underneath the works and always leaving you guys in the know. So if you guys have any feedback on what we do here at Benzinga, you want to see more? Well, reach out to us. We're always here trying to improve the content and bring you more value. That's why I did the book club. Don't know if you guys have joined the book club but definitely giving back value and getting value myself. Always trying to build on my skills as a trader. And I hope that you guys out there are doing the same. All right, that's enough for my talk out here. I'm going to get you guys over to the roadmap now. Just checking in, making sure that we have that set up here. And looks like they're going to be talking about massive NFT sales. You don't want to miss out what is going on in the NFT. There's still some making that cash in NFTs. It's just got to know how, right? Well, ask my man, Chris Ketchy. How are they doing it? How are they making that cash? Coming up right now. <laughs> 